Hello, I'm Eric Trabra with GovInfoSecurity.com and the Information Security Media Group. I'm speaking with George Strawn, Chief Information Officer of the National Science Foundation. Thanks, George, for taking time to chat. My pleasure. Please take a few moments to tell us about the IT security organization at the National Science Foundation. Sure, and I, I might even preface that with a little bit about the National Science Foundation itself, since we're sort of the quiet agency and some people really don't know much about us. We're rather small by federal standards, about $6 billion now, almost all of which goes out the door to support science and engineering, research and education, much of it in universities and colleges, a little bit in nonprofits at various other places. So we are the only government science agency that supports science but doesn't do science. That is, we have no laboratories that are run under government contract, that type of thing. We have fewer than 2,000 employees, so we're officially a small government agency, although we are a CFO Act agency, so we attend the large agency CIO Council and a few things like that. Pertinent to mention our smallness because I think that's relative. So far, our fairly good record in security management issues. We have one location in Arlington, Virginia, which makes our security easier than plenty of other places. FAA, for example, has more locations than we have employees. Since we are an administrative IT shop, that is to handle the administration of IT research proposal submission and uh, turning them into grants and, and grant monitoring and that type of thing, We've had pretty good luck for the last few years uh, in the sense of getting good ratings from the administration and our IG and, and Congress in terms of the uh, quality of our, uh, of our security and privacy programs. We got serious about security six or seven years ago. What did that mean? It meant several things. We formed an agency-wide security working group, which brought together persons from all ranks and all areas of the foundation to begin to socialize around the place for enhanced security policies and procedures. We garnered the support including money attached from the top management of the foundation, and they also used the bully pulpit to support the need for security. These things got us off to a, a pretty good start. We are small in the sense that I would call us a one-bureau agency. We have a division director for information services, who, by the way, is also my deputy CIO, and I ask her to assume the role of uh, chief information security officer. So we did what's hard to do in a bigger organization of mix line and staff responsibilities. So our chief security staff officer is also our chief line IT operations officer. And that's been very efficacious around here for us in terms of the management issues associated with security. What's the most innovative IT security program being pursued at the National Science Foundation? Under the FISMA law, the inspector general is in charge of doing an IT audit of the foundation's IT systems. We found it very efficacious a couple of years ago to do to ourselves anything that we anticipated the IG's auditors to do to us subsequently in the year. So at that point, we thought that the best money we spent was performing penetration tests and other types of attempted infiltrations into our system on our own. Then we could work on cleaning up what we found ourselves by the time the inspector general General's auditors came around to, to try the same thing. That was good money to be spent to sort of doubly prepare ourselves for what were our vulnerabilities in terms of access from the outside. How did you conduct the infiltration tests? Well, we hired a third party to come in and, and do the infiltration. 
penetration tests and vulnerability tests and that type of thing is more or less what was done. What ports had we left open that we didn't think we had open? What scanning our network? What ways could people get in and so on and so forth? And of course, we discovered there were a number of spots that hadn't been properly closed. And by the time we'd done that, both from the IG and by ourselves for a couple of years, we were locked up pretty tight. Another thing that we did that I don't think is particularly innovative these days, but we hadn't done it before, was uh, automating patch management on both our desktops and our servers. We got serious even a little before OMB made it mandatory to have annual security awareness training completed by every man, woman, and child in the foundation. So that helped the security change, and we made sure that the IT staff who had been in the habit of offloading security responsibility as much as possible to the using clientele, that that was no longer the case, that the security was everybody's job, and primarily it was the security job of the IT professionals. Are there any kind of IT security skills that are in demand at the foundation and hard to find? Our positions are filled. In addition to the senior security officer, who, as I mentioned, is the uh, division director of information systems, we have a crack chief operational security officer in that division who is an excellent lead for these activities. We're small. We have probably 50 government people and maybe 250 contractors working in our IT activity. And between our contractor staff and our U.S. government staff, we couldn't have made the progress we did without the high-quality staff that we have. So that's been one of our shining lights so far. And we've had A's and A-pluses for the last two or three years from the congressional grading of the results of the FISMA test. You think FISMA works? There's been a lot of criticism of FISMA as not really securing IT, that's more pushing paper. If you think that FISMA means certify and accredit in a paper process all of your applications and systems and leave it go at that, you can make it a paper process that is nothing but bureaucratic and really doesn't improve the security very much. And I suppose I think we probably spent a little more on CNA processes than they were worth. But since we take security seriously and have a, a multi-dimensional security process, I'd say overall we're pretty satisfied with the requirements that have come down from OMB land to us. Some of them may be a little bit onerous and others we think may not be quite worth the cost, but if you integrate over the whole process, they've done a pretty good job of telling us what to do and we've done a pretty good job of doing it and I think we're much more secure because of that partnership. Do you think there's the need to reform it? Well, there's always the need to reform it, and it'll be reformed whether it needs it or not. The government's in a constant state of changing, and especially it will need to continue to be changing as the, the, the nature of the threats continue to change. Government agencies in general tend to change when they're told to change. There's usually too much work and not enough money to do everything that you want to do, so the process that makes the federal government move forward is a serious attention to this type of oversight. And I think OMB and OSTT, by and large, with great support from places like NIST that define standards and uh, they get promulgated by OMB. I'm a supporter of the process, knowing that it'll continue to evolve and change because IT continues to evolve and change. Given the complexities of the federal government, I think it's doing a better job than we have any reason to expect that it would have done. Well, thanks, George. My pleasure. And that's George Strawn, Chief Information Officer at the National Science Foundation. For the Information Security Media Group and GovInfoSecurity.com, I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.